We are back with the Hubscale podcast. This week's guest is Lynn Monaghan. With over 20 years recruitment experience, spent time on the agency side before moving into the cybersecurity world with companies like Raytheon, Sophos, and now is the VP of Global Talent Acquisition with Beyond Trust. This is very exciting for me because it's our first TA leader on the show. Lynn, it's great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem at all. So I guess for anybody who doesn't know you, including the listeners, just give a quick introduction to yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, so Lynn Monaghan, as you said, I head up talent acquisition here at Beyond Trust. Um, I've been here for a little over four years. Um, as you said, over 20 years of recruiting with probably the past about eight years within the cybersecurity space specifically. Um, and I was brought on to build out the TA team from um, post acquisitions here at Beyond Trust. So I was their first TA leader that they had hired. No, awesome. No, fantastic. And so tell me more about Beyond Trust. Of course, uh, they're a very well reputable brand uh, within the cybersecurity world, but tell me more from your perspective. Yeah, of course. So we're um, the global leader and cybersecurity. Um, we do, we focus on privilege access management or for short, it's PAM. Um, that is our main focus. We actually have a bunch of new solutions coming out this year, um, which we're very excited about, but we are leading the, the space within PAM. No, awesome. Absolutely fantastic. And I've been watching uh, Beyond Trust, uh, as you know, for a very, very long time as well. The, the privilege access management space, space is only on the way up as well. It's a very, very necessary uh, security products and solutions. So very, very cool stuff. Um, so you mentioned uh, something a minute ago, Lynn, um, around kind of building the TA function as well from scratch, really, at Beyond Trust. I know you and I have talked about this before, but it'd be great to understand how do you build a TA function from scratch as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I came in, as I had mentioned, it was post-acquisition. So essentially, there were four smaller, uh, very small companies that rolled up into what we now know as um, Beyond Trust. So the first task was going in there and kind of figuring out how all of these legacy companies did things. Um, they all had their way of presenting offers and searching for candidates and all of that stuff. Because the companies were so small within themselves, a um, hundred, maybe less employees, they really didn't have any processes and procedures. Um, when I came in, I think I had about two recruiters, one international, one US. And so the first step for me was to build the foundation. For me, that's the people. Um, I'm in the people business, so I truly believe that having the right people is that first step. So that's really what I went to is um, what kind of people do we need on this team um, internationally, globally, U.S. wise? How many people is it going to take? What kind of recruiters do I need? Um, and right from the start, I thought I really need seasoned recruiters that really know what they're doing. And part of my reasoning for that was to gain their knowledge from the industries, the companies that they were at. Um, to help bring some of those really good um, ideas to Beyond Trust. So I started with the people. Um, I have the most amazing TA team on the planet. I don't just say that. I really do have that. Um, not just because I selected some of them, but they brought in people on their own. So I'm a big referral person and network person. Um, so we built out the team. I have two amazing uh, senior talent acquisition managers today, one overseas international, one overseas US. Um, and then they have recruiters and support folks and everything that fall under them. So I started with the people and from there I built out the processes, the procedures, um, the systems, ATS system, greenhouse, which we use um, and used really the team that I brought in. One of the things I'm really big on is using the ideas that they have to brainstorm with my team. So I'm very inclusive. I want us to put all of our intelligent brains together and figure out the most innovative 
intelligent and smarter ways to do things. So I started with the people and then built it out from there. Today, um, the team ranges from about nine, I think, full time. We scale up and down 12 to 15 for contractors, depending on the volume. Um, and last year, that team that I spoke of hired, I believe, 400, sorry, 502 new hires um, last year. So 32% um, of those were actually referrals. So I think 162 of them were actually referrals, um, which is huge, right? That speaks volumes for the company and the culture and, and wanting to bring people in here yourself. So. Yeah, no, no, and uh, the the art of referrals as well is uh, it takes time to build up that network as well. So bringing on senior and seasoned people to do that as well is is fantastic. So I just want to take it back slightly as well. Um, I know obviously starting a TA business from more or less scratch within an organization, a cybersecurity fast growth organization is critical for you and I, obviously being recruiters um, as well. Obviously, well, I'm on the other side of the fence, but I guess in terms of scaling that business, how important is it to have that TA function um, in place pretty early on as you scale? Um, so obviously having the people to build um, your products, right? So if you look at the engineering team, we need the best engineers um, within the world, which I, I believe that we have. Um, and so we need them to build the product and then we need really good rockstar salespeople to sell it, right? So if you kind of look at the business as a whole, um, providing the people that will provide the people um, that actually function the entire business, right? So they, they make the products, they sell the products, they market the products. So all of those departments that support the overall mission um, is, is really important for the talent acquisition teams to, to be able to have something in place um, that we can hire quickly. So in terms of when, you're, when you've grown your team um, and obviously you like what you did at Beyond Trust, what is the hardest part of that? And what, what's been your biggest problem when growing your team? Yeah, so the, the hardest part for, for that for me has been... Um, not having enough um, budget to get headcount for enough people on the team. Um, so when I first started, because we didn't know how fast, how quickly we were going to grow, it's, it's a startup, right? You're not sure how quickly it's going to go. You're not sure how many people you actually need to do this, right? It's kind of an estimate till you can get some history to, to find out. Um, so for me, the biggest, the hardest part was um, having all of these wrecks and not having enough people to, to support them or to fill them. Um, so a couple things there is I was able to hire contractors um, and not full time. But with contractors, you don't always necessarily get the huge investment that you get for full time. Um, or I hired vendors um, like yourself to to help out. Um, so that was probably the biggest challenge for me. But I found amazing partnerships with you know people like yourself. Um, and then I was able to find some really good contractors um, that really put in the work. So for me, that was the biggest challenge was finding um, the people with the amount of work that it takes. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a great, it's a great point as well. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to going into that at the end, uh, the partnership between TA, HR and recruiters as well, which uh, I've got an interesting question at the end. Um, but I guess in terms of moving slightly on, on to hiring that talent, what you've been talking about there, how do you hire the best talent in cybersecurity? It's one of the fastest growing areas in, in the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you, you just said it, right? So this is the industry to be in because as the, the technology grows, so, do, so don't the threats, right? So don't the hackers, right? As intelligence grows, this um, vertical grows with that, right? So we'll always need to be more secure um, as, you know, unfortunately, when, when COVID hit um, and everyone had furloughed or, or laid off or paused, uh, we were still going, right? Because more people were now working from home, so you need more security for that, right? Um, so our sales went up, our um, 
our interest went up. So um, fortunately for us, we were in a really good, we're in a really good industry, right? So that's the first selling point. Um, you mentioned too about specific to cybersecurity. This is fast paced, right? So you have to know how to keep up. You have to be able to keep up. Um, either you love being fast paced and challenged or, or you don't, right? So it's finding those people that thrive in the chaos, right? It's finding those people that really want to roll their sleeves up um, and really want to build something because the people that have come on board have been part of building this amazing thing that we've built, right? It's not just myself. It's not just my team. It's the entire company. Um, they've all been part of this. So that's obviously a sell um, is be part of, you know, what we're building and put your, your spin on it, right? Um, and then the, the thing that I think is, is really good for us is our, we're able to humanize. Um, we humanize a lot here at Beyond Trust. And what that means is we offer really great benefits. Um, we offer a lot of support internally. So um, our biggest, I think, sell is our culture, our people, right? Going back to the, the referrals, right? Um, you know, if you find the right people, they're with the right people and their network and their connections. And so we really rely on our internal employees and we really take care of them first. Um, so we have, you know, amazing benefits. We have an amazing sales enablement team. So for salespeople that we bring in, um, they get continuous training. They have all the tools that they need. Um, they have, we have a global training um, sales enablement program that continues to, they call it Everboarding actually. So they continue to train the sales folks when they come in and give them the tools that they need. Um, and we have a lot of culture teams and groups and um, amazing benefits. So I think once someone gets on the phone with anyone here in town acquisition, I think that first phone call, they're more excited when they, they talk to somebody because they realize how amazing it is. And then we, they continue to go on and they feel those conversations get better and better. I think if I was to take one phrase that I've heard, even from my own team when they started, is a couple of weeks after I've heard, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because they feel like it's not, it's not real. It can't be this good. People aren't this excited. It's not that good, but it, but it really is. Um, so it kind of sells itself, the company, uh, by the people. And we're true believers of taking care of our employees first. Yeah. And I think that can show within the interview process as well. I think one of the one of the key things that I work with companies, especially early stage ones, is mapping out that process, right? And the first people, person that you spoke with, whether it's a vendor like myself or an internal TA or whoever it may be, if you can feel that energy, if you can feel that passion behind them as well, that is also a gateway into how the business operates as well. So I think that's so important, especially when, when hiring the best of the best as well. Yes, 100%. It just tapped into something else that we, we try to do here is um, diverse interview panels. Um, so when people think diverse, they instantly go to, you know, a nationality or a gender, but it's so much more than that, right? Um, diversity can mean people that are introverted. It can mean, uh, you know, different classes of people. So we try to sit down and with the hiring team and say, okay, let's think about this a little bit more um, diverse. You know, here's, here's who you usually have on an interview panel, but it, would it make sense if we brought in X, Y, and Z, just to have a different opinion, a different a different outlook. And then the candidate gets to talk to different perspectives, right? So it might be a little one-off. It may not be somebody that they work with every day. It might be, you know, a peer, or it might be somebody else that is they work with in the group, a partner um, within a department or something like that. So we try to do that with interview panels as well to create a better candidate experience too. Yeah, no, no, I think that's that's really exciting. It goes into our next topic pretty well about um, obviously the security in the tech industry um, is pretty known for for wanting more of diverse teams and things on those lines. But in your opinion, how can we hire more diverse teams? 
Yeah, yeah. So, and this is a hot topic, right? It has been for a couple of years. I feel like it, it's come up more in the past couple of years for sure, where um, people didn't really pay attention to it all that much. Um, so it's great that that this is a topic that people are discussing and it's out on the table. Um, we've tried a couple different things specific to talent acquisition. So we've tried the job boards, um, we've tried the, the career fairs, um, the networks and stuff like that. We've put a lot of investment into that. But what we found, ironically, going back to, um, you know, taking care of our people is that our diversity numbers, our diverse, diverse uh, pools, have grown organically on their own. And um, again, going back to taking care of our employees, we have a culture team and we have um, culture groups here. So um, we have groups like Black at BT or Amigos at BT. So there's different diverse groups. We're actually thinking about putting together an introverted group. Um, and so we have people that feel like they belong here and it's a safe place for them to speak to other people that are like them. We also have diversity speakers come in. Um, so quarterly, sometimes we have the, the entire companies invited um, and people share stories. So it's just a really welcoming culture. So we found that it's grown organically. So the people that we brought in that were diverse, they're saying, well, now this is such a great company and the culture and they support, I feel supported, I feel seen. Um, and then they tell others. And so I actually just pulled some numbers the other day and we're actually doing better than most tech companies our competitors um, in the diversity space. And that is from organic growth. Um, so I'm a true believer in taking care of the employees that we have here. Um, and then that's going to organically grow outside. We're of course part of networks, um, you know, women in tech and things like that. We support, we, um, we hold, we support a lot of job fairs and stuff like that internationally as well as in the U.S., right? Um, because we want people to know that we are an equal employer and we do promote diversity. We love diversity. Um, so that's something that we try to just get out there as well. Yeah, I think it's so important as well, because you mentioned something there about you're creating um, kind of a space for people to come in and feel like they're welcome. And I think that's awesome. I think uh, the, some of the things I was reading the other day is around having role models in the industry. And uh, obviously you, you yourself is a leader and, and everything along those lines. I think it's just awesome. And I think moving more down the road as well, I think companies like yourself doing what you guys are doing is going to be just cool as well moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and you, you mentioned role models. We actually have a mentorship program here at BT as well. Um, so it's part of the, the leadership circle. So the, any person that reports into an executive, it's they're deemed in this leadership circle, which um, I'm part of. And so as a mentor, as a leadership circle, you can sign up to be a mentor and then any employee at the company can sign up to be a mentee. Um, and so you have kind of a buddy and you meet and you have, it's, it's an entire system and program that we have internally, but it's, it's worked out really, really well. Um, we have our CEO that is mentoring a lot of people here, which is fantastic. Um, Janine, she's amazing. Um, and so there's a lot of people that are really doing a lot of great things here. So it's not just a place, it's not just a paycheck, right? It's somewhere you can go to um, develop, right? On a personal and professional level. So I think that's, that's kind of what we're doing. That's our secret sauce, I guess. Yeah, don't know. It sounds uh, sounds awesome. Even taking the whole company to Orlando uh, a couple of weeks ago for your for your SKO and things like that as well. I think it's uh, it's pretty cool. It sounds like you've got a real community, not just a uh, just a company as well. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned that we went to um, the whole company went to Orlando and Disney World for a week um, a few weeks back, which was amazing. And we got to meet people that we we talked to all the time, but have never met in person. So there was tons of relationships that were formed in bonds, which, again, goes back to the culture and taking care of our employees. Yeah. 
I know, different. Awesome stuff. So I want to take you back kind of to the market. Um, so I guess in terms of the rest of the year, obviously there's been a bit of doom and gloom in the in the industry right now, uh, just with everyone online and things on those lines. But what's your take on the rest of the year? Um, so we're continuing to build our brand, um, take care of our people. We're leaning heavily on our referrals. Um, we are still hiring, of course. Um, we had our company all hands yesterday where um, head of product announced um, some really amazing products that we have coming out scattered throughout the year. Um, so the engineering team, the whole company is really excited about that. It's part of our platform. Um, so we have some really amazing things going on here. I certainly don't want to... Um, you know, say how amazing we're doing when the rest of the world may not be doing as well. But um, we are still hiring and we are still um, doing great. So moving on to, uh, I think, my most important uh, topic this today as well, um, talking about the relationship between talent acquisition, HR and recruiters like like myself. So I guess just starting off, how important is that relationship? Yes. Um, so that relationship to me is super important. So my stand on agencies or vendors um, is that I really want to have two or three solid vendors that I can rely on for specific positions or roles. So what so what I mean by that, Elliot, is that I love to have this relationship with you where you know the company, you know the, the culture, you know the, the managers, right? You really get to know the company, the solutions, the people, you do your homework on what the company represents. So I feel comfortable knowing that yourself or anyone that works for you is represented beyond Charles um, the right way, right? So it's really important for me to know the vendors personally, um, to know their style, my style. And then it's really important for me to only have one vendor working on a rack at a time. Um, that's really important for me. I feel like it's, you know, not good practice to have a bunch of different agencies or vendors working on a different thing on different things does not look good to the candidate and it doesn't look good um, out there in the world where you know you have a million different people representing your company so for me I need solid vendors like yourself that I know represents and, and, and basically I want the recruiters there or, or whoever is representing us to represent us the way the way that my team does right the only way I can do that is to create a relationship with a vendor to really know their style and how they approach things and how they're representing us yeah no for sure and I think that's a that's a really important piece that you mentioned about recruiters and how many recruiters working on certain roles um I think sometimes it's it's tough for a vendor as well sometimes having to go into and explain that to certain vendors about you shouldn't really do that but sometimes <laughs> you can't really uh you can't really uh, tell people not to sometimes when they really want to but there's really important advice then about building the relationships with with vendors and not just necessarily giving it to everybody that comes knocking on the door as well which is which is really awesome um so i know obviously you've worked with a lot of vendors and you and i have worked uh, briefly as well but in terms of the best case studies and the best case scenario for a vendor and a ta relationship what does that look like so the best case scenario for me is if I get a requisition that I feel that my team for whatever reason cannot fill or maybe a higher level role. Um, another time that, you know, I use a vendor is for confidential roles. If they're highly confidential, 
Um, maybe I shouldn't say this because the other managers will know I'm doing this, but <laughs> anyway, it's a good plug for you. Um, <laughs> so it's all is highly confidential. I like to have an agency work on that, right? So um, they're they're hunting for candidates, right? They're sourcing for candidates. They're not just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, right? Um, so for me, it's um, important to have somebody that I can rely on that I can call and say, hey, I need to fill rec A, B, C, and D, and they know exactly what our culture is, what the company is, they know exactly who to look for, where to go, and where to fish in that pond. Um, so, you know, you had mentioned talking about the team and, and building the team and that, you know, first impressions last, right? And, and so I put so much time into my team and the way that they represent us, the company, and it's the same thing with outside vendors. They're just an extension of my team to me. Um, so I really want to feel that, you know, that I really believe that they can fill the role just like my team would, right? So it's important for me to say I can pick up the phone and call Elliot and know that any candidate will get the same experience that my team will provide. Yeah. No, no, I think it's uh I think that's really important. And I think that that building relationships and understanding exactly what Beyond Trust does in the market and, and how you're going to perceive um even pitching to candidates as well. You need to have all that information. So no, no, really, really great information. Now, this is one uh, I, I really wanted to ask. Um, what don't you like to see uh, within a recruiter? For on my team or an agency? Either. Either, yeah. Um, so what I don't like to see is um, cutting corners. Um, so I've, I've done this long enough um, to see some crazy things. Um, but one of the things that I've seen, and I've seen it a bunch of times actually on both sides, um, is for a recruiter um, to not to contact a candidate and to not do a phone screen yet, but to hammer them with questions that they should be answering or asking in a phone screen. Um, so I've seen emails go out from recruiters, um, and I, I don't mean here at this company, um, I, I have seen it here, but I'm not just saying here and it's not my team, just in general, where a recruiter will send an email that says, you know, Elliot, um, how much are you looking for for compensation? Why are you looking to leave? Tell me about your last three jobs. And this is via email. Um, and so for me, if somebody contacted me um, and asked me those questions, I'd be like, wow, okay, they must be so busy that they can't um, pick up the phone or they really don't want to get to know me or so I think it's just very sloppy recruiting. So for me, that is a pet peeve of mine is to not have that, again, the humanization, that touch point with the candidate um, and really get to know who that candidate is to represent them, right, to the hiring manager or to know if they're a good fit in the culture. Um, so that for me is an uh, absolute no for a recruiter. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> definitely pick up the phone and, and, and get to know people, and that's how that's how the most of this this world works, isn't it? Build relationships with people, and, and things will happen um, one way or the other as well. But no, that's uh, that's really good advice. Really good advice. So I guess um, I, there's a couple of things that we do in terms of HubScale, and we work with uh, companies, especially on a st smaller scale, to kind of creating processes and creating interview processes and things on those lines as well. But what has been your kind of hardest thing when joining uh, beyond trust and kind of the early days what was the hardest points of the of the kind of the mission that you had yeah um so when i was interviewing for the role i had come from sophos um as you had mentioned and believe it or not we were hiring i i I don't remember how many people were hiring at the time, but um, we always had about three to 600 roles open and we had no ATS system, believe that or not. Um, we were doing th things via email and we were hiring 
you know, 500 people a year um, via email. And so one of my top questions when I was interviewing for Beyond Trust was, do you have an ATS system? Which sounds laughable at, <laughs> at this time, right, in 2023 or, or whatever year. Of, um, and they said, yeah, we have Greenhouse. And so when I came here, um, I saw that we had Greenhouse, but it was just like they took Greenhouse out of the box and said, we have Greenhouse. So they were just using it to post jobs. Um, so none of the requisitions were going through. There wasn't approvals for offers. They, they just weren't utilizing the system. Um, and so day one, I said, how do you, where are your recs? You know, where, where are the, the recs? Where do I track them? And they had an Excel spreadsheet that had uh, fake numbers and it had like a rec name, um, no manager or anything. It just had, it was just this big spreadsheet. And I think at the time there was probably like 60 or 80 recs. I think it was 88 actually when I started. Um, and so there was 88 recs on this spreadsheet. And so I didn't know any, where, where were we with these? You know, are they close to offer? Did they just open there? Um, so that was, a, that was a nightmare when I came in. So I said, okay, first we have to build out the system um, so it's, it can function properly. And then I need to get all of these in here. Um, but that wasn't even the hardest part. The hardest part I think was training up everybody for the system, right? The hiring managers um, and people that weren't used to using a system or didn't want to. Um, offers were done by email. Um, hey, Elian, do you approve, you know, 150,000 for Ted? Yes. Um, that was it. And so um, people like that. It was easy, yeah. right? They didn't want to go into an entire system and write out all of Ted's, you know, information. So I think for me, uh, the administrative part of things was was really, uh, really tough, right? There was a bunch of different ways to do things and none of it was in a system. Um, so it was building out that system and then, of course, training everybody on how to use the system, not just the recruiters, but the entire um, company, right, for referrals and um, higher like interviews and stuff like that. So for me, that was the biggest challenge. Yeah, no, for sure. I wanted to ask that question because um, we're obviously really, really a startup right now as well. And we're, we're going through the whole process of systems and building everything from scratch as well. So I just wondered what, what was the most hardest part. Uh, so that was a selfish question. But <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Lynn, honestly, it's been amazing having you on the show. Really, really appreciate you appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, and yeah, we've gone through, from, through some amazing topics that I've actually personally took a lot away from as well. So appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem. Well, good luck with everything for the rest of the year. And yeah, speak to you soon. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.